Hello everyone and welcome to episode one of the I Am Anissimus podcast. I am your host, Sammy Robles Jr. Thank you for finding me. Thank you for finding this podcast. And if this is the first time that you've heard about I Am Anissimus, I just want to let you know that it's based off of a book. So these episodes and this podcast is based off of the book that I wrote, I Am Anissimus, A Trek Towards Self-Affirmation. In this podcast, I'm going to be drawing out some moments in the book and speak about them. And this episode, episode one, is entitled Living Rescued, which is a phrase that you'll find in the book. I want to begin by talking about just Anissimus and who he is. Anissimus is a runaway slave. And how do I know this or why is this? Anissimus is a character, a person in the Bible What's interesting about Onesimus is that he doesn't speak in the Bible. However, he is the topic of conversation. And he is found in Philemon, which is in the New Testament. Paul is writing a letter to Philemon about Onesimus. Philemon just happens to be the master, the owner of Anissimus, who is a slave. So that's basically, in a nutshell, what's happening there. Those are the characters in the story. So Paul is talking to Philemon through this letter about Anissimus, but we never get to hear Anissimus uh, actually speak. He's a runaway slave. He is the household slave of Philemon. On page 9 of the book, in the setup section, I define slavery in the first century context. And for the sake of this conversation and this episode, I just want to draw out one of the things that I mentioned about slavery in this time period. And the reason why I want to draw it out is because whenever you and I think of the word slave or slavery, um, first of all, let me be very clear. It's horrible. It's awful. It's bad. But in this time period, it was legal. But it was not based on race. That's not what's happening here. Who knows why Onesimus was the slave of Philemon? Perhaps he owed him something. He was in debt to him. Um, Philemon could have even been more educated than Philemon. Onesimus could have been smarter, could have had, uh, if, if he was in our context now, maybe he had multiple degrees. I don't know. Maybe he had a family. I don't know. But for some reason, he's the slave of Philemon. He runs away because he did something wrong. And I just briefly talk about slavery, um, but, but like I said, for the sake of this conversation, it's important that we understand that it's not based on race. I didn't spend too much time in the book talking about slavery. I didn't want to make this a book about slavery. Uh, I wanted to acknowledge and make it clear that we're talking about a slave, but I put what I felt was just enough information for you and I to understand what's happening in the story. And the reason why I did that is because I did not want to downplay that he was a slave. The fact that he is a slave is crucial to the story, the biblical story, and also the story that I wrote. But what I wanted to do, or rather what I was aiming to do, was I wanted us to go beyond a label. Again, I'm not downplaying it. I'm not trying to water down the story. I'm not trying to make anything less than what it is. But I am trying to present the challenge of trying to get our imaginations to think about 
the person. I wanted us to look at Onesimus as a human, not just as a label, not just as a slave. I didn't want to focus on if, you know what's wrong in the story or this and that and blah, blah, blah. I wanted us to try to imagine who is this guy? This is a guy who has feelings. This is a guy who has fears. This is a guy who has anxiety. This is a guy who has doubt. I mean, for crying out loud, he's in trouble. He ran away from his owner. That's a big no-no. You can't do that. But he did. He ran away. He sought help. And what really, I know this is interesting to say because I'm talking about a person who doesn't speak in the story. He's probably the last person we're going to hear speak because he's the lowest of the lower class, right? Like he's on the bottom, he's the bottom of the barrel. He's a slave. He's got no power. Uh, Philemon basically owns him and controls his freedoms. But Onesimus here gives us some hope. Uh, he's, he's courageous. I mean, think about it. If you ran away, do you have the courage to go back to where you came from knowing that you're in trouble? I mean, that's what Onesimus did. He's going back to where he came from. And he's going with hope. And that's what I put in the story. And that's what we explore. How can that be possible? How is it that Onesimus, a slave, where did he get the courage? How can he do that to go back? And that, to me, really struck my imagination. That this is a man who, yes, is a slave. But if we went beyond that label and said, you know, this is probably a guy stronger than what we think. This is a guy who might actually model for you and I courage. This is a guy whose story could possibly be an example of grace. And this story, could it be that it gives us a path of what grace may look like? Could it be that one of the most unlikely people in the Bible could be an example of hope? In the biblical story, we do not know what happens when he goes back to Philemon. And in the book, I stayed true to that. I didn't include in the book when Philemon actually gets back to the house. I didn't include when he arrives at his destination. And I'm going to tell you why. I wanted him to get to a place of self-affirmation before he arrived. I really don't know what happened when he got there. But I want to say that he got there different than when he left. I didn't want him to change after he arrived. I wanted him to arrive changed because I think that's, that's a difference maker, right? Um, I'm going back and I have the courage because I am a different person. And regardless of the outcome, I'm good. It is well with my soul. I've got into a point of whether it be repentance or of just getting myself right, of, of saying, you know what? I can do this. Um, I, I might have messed up. I have goofed up. But that doesn't necessarily mean I'm down and out. And so that's what Onesimus represented to me. And that's the reason why I decided not to really, not at all actually, explain what happened when he got back. I wanted us to go on the journey with him to get to a place that regardless of an outcome or regardless of the outcome, which he could not and cannot control, it's like, you know what? I'm good and I'm all right. This paves way to the idea of living rescued. And if you have the paperback version on page 33, um, that's where this phrase pops up. And I am going to read this section because Onesimus is going back a changed man. And 
the biblical story teaches us that he must have had some conversion experience. And it says here, beginning on the bottom of page 32, Onesimus says, I've had quite a conversion experience. It didn't change my dilemma, but I did feel as though I had come face to face with God. It's as though I formed this new sense within me of knowing that beyond my circumstance, I am rescued. Wow, what a great feeling that is. The thought of living rescued. Here's a little behind the scenes to the book. When I was preparing to write, I took out some commentaries because I wanted to make sure I prepared myself uh, responsibly and theologically. One of the commentaries that I've used in my sermon prep and in my research and in just just, just me learning over the past, oh, well over a decade, dating back to when I was in seminary, I got exposed to social science commentaries. I have found this really, really cool way to think about the text, to wrestle with the text, to live in the text. And so I go to the, my social science commentary and I'm just reading and learning. And what strikes me and this is why I'm mentioning this, okay? What strikes me uh, about the word salvation, and I looked up the word salvation from a social science perspective. Salvation, again, in the social science perspective and, and, and way of thinking, is about being rescued. The rescuer would be the savior. And so for me, when I started reading this and just letting this marinate, I was like, what does that look like to be rescued? You know, for, for those of us who know Jesus and we profess to be saved, that could be a word that we can just downplay. But think about it in terms of being rescued. You know, rescued from what? Rescued from who? And what does that look like and what does that mean? When I started thinking about what it meant for me to be rescued, it started changing me as a person because then it gave me a, a lot more specific ways of thinking of, wow, where along my life did God rescue me? Yes, I had a moment in my life where God changed me, saved me, rescued me. But then there's been other moments throughout my life where I feel like I've been rescued, where I've been saved by my rescuer, by my savior, who I acknowledge as Jesus. And so in the story of Onesimus, you talk about a slave who doesn't have power, who's not free, and he comes to a point of, of, uh, of um, thinking about when he had his conversion experience, which he had when he met up with Paul. And now he's walking back to his owner, not knowing what's going to happen. And he's, his, his mindset is changing. So he's been rescued spiritually, like something within him is rescued. But then he's also continuing to seek being rescued. And that's why I was intentional about putting the phrase, the thought of living rescued. What does it look like? Or what does it feel like to live a life rescued? I know a lot of people who profess to be saved and my gosh, it's hard for me. And forgive me if I sound judgmental, forgive me for, for putting on the cap of, of judging people. I'm not trying to do that, but I listen, I got to call it like it is people who profess to be saved but are mean and they're just straight up jerks. And that boggle my mind. Now understand that I got my flaws too. And I'm sure you're listening right now. You're saying, yup, I got mine. Well, let's just say that we all got our flaws. But if I'm going to profess that I'm saved, shouldn't there be evidence of that? If I'm going to let people know that someone rescued me, should there not be evidence of that? 
So what does the thought of living rescued mean to you? I was intentional in putting this phrase in, and I wanted Onesimus, the slave, to be the one to use it. I wanted to propel our way of thinking, to be forward thinking, and and about how we are to function if we claim to be rescued. And if a slave can come to this idea, what is holding back those of us who are actually free? And what I think is really cool about this is Onesimus not only receives it, but now he's offering it to us, the reader. He's the one initiating this idea of the thought of living rescued. He has it. He also aspires it. And this is the idea of the saved seeking salvation. And what does that mean on a daily basis? I had a professor when I was in seminary who said, yes, you are converted, but we need to convert daily. And that has stuck with me all the time. That every day I got to find something to fix or aim or start to fix because I can always improve myself. So I've been rescued in continual need of the rescuer. I hope that makes sense to you. And then that all leads to this next part. And this is a cool little story about uh, behind the scenes again of the book. Early on when I was writing the book, I was sharing what I was doing with some folks. And I shared this story with somebody. I read it to them and they heard me out. And this, and I said, well, what do you think about the, my idea about, about this book, about this story? What's your thoughts? Tell me whatever's on your mind. And this person said that the book or the story, the first person narrative that I wrote about Anisimus was too unrealistic. That it was too easy of a transition what happened in Anisimus's life. Like how could he all of a sudden resolve his life with all the problems that he had with everything that was going on? And I heard this feedback and I said, you know, I, I, I hear that. I understand that. I don't, I don't present my book as, you know, a cookie cutter type of thing. This is how it always is. I don't do that. But when I took that feedback, which I received and I thought was extremely valid, I started th really thinking about that. You know, everyone's story is different, right? Not everyone gets through their situations quicker or as easy as others. Some people are have been in it most of their lives. But as I started thinking about what this person told me, in the story, Anisimus talks about uh, having trouble articulating what happened to him. And I'm on page, uh, where am I? Tw 29, the end of uh, chapter 3. And he's talking about how he's returning back a different person than when he left. And... This is all new to him. Whatever happened to him, his conversion experience was so new. And he says, I'm having trouble articulating what happened to me. And the reason why I decided to go that route is because everyone's encounter with Jesus may be a little different. But something we have in common is love, forgiveness. Uh, and then here comes this word again, salvation, being rescued from something. And perhaps Onesimus may not be able to articulate and explain his story, but there is this mystery that exists that is unexplainable. And I think that's an important element of our Christian faith. As much as I love theology and as much as I love studying, there's still a piece of me that says, 
experience has to be part of the equation. Encountering Jesus cannot be compromised. And that in itself is unexplainable. Now, I have a testimony. If you never heard what that word means, that's basically a story describing your past, your present, and your future. And I have one of those, and maybe someone listening right now has a testimony as well, has that story. I think Anisimus is still formulating his testimony. All he knows how to talk about is the situation that he's currently in. But something happened that he can't explain. It's something deep within him. And all he knows is that he's going to go back to where he came from, face his owner, not know what his future is, but for some reason he's changed. He just knows that there's something inside of him that's different. And I think that's an important thing for you and I to take away. That regardless of our situation, regardless of how we feel, if we may feel enslaved right now, that there is something within us or there's, there's a yearning to be rescued, that we are seeking a rescuer. And sometimes that's unexplainable. Sometimes it may feel unrealistic to someone, but that's just how it is sometimes. Sometimes we just have an, uh, an encounter with Jesus and it transforms us from the inside out. And we do our best to explain, to show and explain what happened to us. And then this is just this beautiful, unexplainable thing that we carry deep within our hearts and in our minds. I had another friend of mine tell me that in this story, he saw the theme of repentance. Anisimus ran away and now he's going back. And this image of turning away, walking back a different person. This idea of repentance, of being changed, how he thinks has changed, how he was has changed. The story didn't end with him doing something wrong. Actually, the story's not over. And that idea of repentance, of, of being a changed person, returning back home a different person than when he left, I think is a beautiful one that really sums up the importance and the beauty of what it means to be rescued and to live rescued. I'm going to leave you with this quote from page 14 that I, that I wrote in the introduction that says, but I will say that wherever you are right now on the trek, any size step forward is a win. If you've come across this podcast by accident or intentional, I'm already going to say that you're already a step ahead than when you were before you started playing this or when you read the book or where you engaged with the biblical story. You're already one step forward. And I want to congratulate you. You can actually look back to where you were just a few minutes ago. You're already moving forward. Continue to strive to move forward and embrace this idea of what it means, the thought of living rescue.